Now tell me, if I'm a chocoholic, is it good for me? Am I eating chocolate in vain? I hope that it's bringing something positive to my life other than tasting good. Yeah, is it is chocolate good for you at all? So chocolate, you know, chocolate can make you feel better. You know, chocolate puts a smile on everyone's face. So it does have a little cholesterol in it, but it's really not that much. It might be the, the same as a shot of espresso, but you'd have to eat quite a bit of chocolate to get any type of an effect from the caffeine that's in chocolate. Mm. So that's a caffeine. There's some cholesterol in chocolate. Again, you'd have to eat quite a bit before it does any damage. As far as chocolate being bad for you, the higher the chocolate, the less sugar that's in it. So mm. that's, there you, know, you go. Take that in consideration, your sugar intake. So higher chocolate percentages are going to be a little healthier for you than say a, a semi-sweet chocolate. Welcome to At Your Service. I'm Tim Banks, the department chair from the Center for Hospitality and Culinary Studies at Howard Community College. And At Your Service is all about industry news, what's happening in the culinary field, the hospitality field, and of course, the baking and pastry field. We're gonna take time to dedicate some time to talk about some of the things that you may wanna know about that are happening in the food industry, food trends, just what's going on and a general update on what's happening in our community. So today's episode is all about chocolate. So if you're a pastry buff and you like baking, we're gonna to talk to one of our instructors about chocolate and just what it is. What about it is so fascinating. If you're fresh off the heels of Valentine's Day, you might have a few pieces left over. So we're going to get into it and have a conversation with Chef David Milburn. Chef David. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first? Sure. I'm a pastry chef and a the coordinator of the baking and pastry program here at Howard Community College. I've been with the college going on 11 years, and uh, we have a great program here. So um, it's definitely worth checking out. Excellent. Well, that's great. So we're going to talk about chocolate today. And you know I'm a chocolate fanatic, right? So <laughs> we definitely have that in common. Can you tell me a little bit about the course that we have in chocolate? Sure. So we, right now we're teaching a course, it's called Candies, Confections, and Showpieces. And in that class, we're going to learn everything there is about chocolate. We're going to make chocolate candies, truffles. We're going to make chocolate marshmallows. We're going to dip candies in chocolate. And then we're going to go into the showpieces part where I would teach people how to sculpt in chocolate. A chocolate showpiece would be used for, say, a buffet or for a grand event, a wedding, something like that. You might have a chocolate sculpture. So we're going to be doing chocolate sculptures in this class. Looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite classes to teach. Chocolate is a great medium to work with. What specialized tools do you need when you're preparing chocolate? So it all depends on what you want to do. If you're going to make something like, say, truffles or something like that, you don't really need a whole lot of special equipment. Just a double boiler to melt the chocolate and to make the recipe. And then if you want to temper the chocolate, you can certainly do that with a double boiler also. 
maybe a dipping fork to dip the chocolates, but for something like a truffle, you don't really need special equipment. Now, once you start getting into showpieces, then you're going to need some specialty molds, things like that. Maybe a chocolate tempering machine would be handy. So it depends. If you're just getting started, you really don't need a whole lot. But if you're going on the professional line, you're going to need some additional tools, definitely. Sounds good. So tell me about chocolate bloom. I hear people talk about that and we see it when we physically look at chocolate, when it looks kind of ashen or gray. What exactly mm -hmm. is that? Yes. Yeah, so chocolate does the things called bloom and there's two different types of bloom. It gets this kind of white, hazy, like you said, ashy kind of texture to the chocolate. And there's nothing wrong with the chocolate. You can still eat it. It just doesn't look very good. And what happened is the chocolate was either not tempered properly and tempering is where you take the chocolate, a coverture chocolate, through a series of heating, cooling, and rewarming. And it's very specific on these temperatures when you're tempering the chocolate. And so if it's not tempered properly, it could bloom over time. Also, if you put chocolate in the refrigerator, that has been tempered, the moisture in the refrigerator could also cause it to bloom. So we have two different types of bloom. We have the bloom that's caused by not tempering properly, and that's where the oils have come to the surface that's in chocolate. Or if it's in the refrigerator with moisture, that is where the sugar has come to the surface and bloomed. So there's two different types of bloom. If it's chocolate that hasn't been used, you can melt it and reuse it. It'll be fine. So if you, you mentioned tempering chocolate, mm -hmm. so in the tempering process and looking for the right temperature, what's the sweet spot? What am I looking for if I'm going to melt some chocolate and I want to temper it? And mm -hmm. what is the goal of tempering all about? Okay. So tempering chocolate. So tempering chocolate is where we're going to take it through this sort of the little roller coaster ride of temperatures. And first of all, we start out with what is called coverture chocolate. Coverture chocolate is chocolate that has its cocoa butter still in it. If it doesn't have the original cocoa butter in it, that cocoa butter has been removed and replaced with an inferior oil, say like palm oil or something like that, you're not really going to be able to temper it properly. And that tempering is, when it's done correctly, is going to give chocolate a snap. Uh, when you break it, it's going to have a glossy finish to it. It's not going to melt in your hand as fast. It's going to have a much more pleasant texture in your mouth as it's melting. So tempering chocolate, like I said, we're going to go on a roller coaster. So we're going to take it up for chocolate that is, say, a dark chocolate. We might take it to around 110 degrees, and then we melt it back down to around... 87 degrees, and then we're going to rewarm it to around 89 degrees that we can work with it. By melting the chocolate, what we're doing is we're melting six different types of fat that is in chocolate, and all six different types of fat melt at different temperatures. So we have to melt all of those fats, and as we're melting it and rewarming it and cooling it, we're agitating, we're stirring the whole time. And what this is going to, the effect that that stirring it is going to have, it's going to cause crystals to start to form. 
and it's those crystals that start to form and start to multiply, that's what's going to give us that snap. That snap when you break a candy bar or that uh, snap when you break it in your mouth and when you bite down into it. So if it's not tempered properly, it's just not going to have that snap. It's going to melt in your hand faster and it's going to most likely bloom. So you want to melt it to around wow. 110 degrees, depending if it's milk chocolate. If it's milk chocolate, that's a little lower, even white chocolate's even lower. So it varies in degree temperature, depending on what type of chocolate we're using. So great. So no, that's definitely. a great point to bring up because I really mm -hmm. like chocolate, dark chocolate. My dad and I, we can eat it like, you know, in the 90% of chocolateness, I guess you would say. What are those varying degrees of chocolate mean when we hear semi-sweet or bittersweet versus milk chocolate or dark chocolate? What does that mean to the novice? Like, I don't know anything about chocolate and I'm <laughs> shopping for it. Why am I picking different ones? Right, right. So when it comes to like bittersweet or semi-sweet, bittersweet would be something around 70% cocoa in it, a cacao, or 60% might be a, a semi-sweet. But those numbers are just sort of like a vague guide to go by because it really depends on the manufacturer. So I would definitely go by that number. So the 60 or 70% refers to 60, 70% of that chocolate is cacao. And so the higher the number, the bitter it's going to be. If you were to get something that say is 100% cacao, it'd probably be too bitter for you to even eat because there's no sugar in it. That would be like a baker's chocolate might have something like that, 100%. And it's also called uh, chocolate liqueur. Chocolate liqueur. Okay, so it's another term mm -hmm. for me to remember, chocolate liqueur. So really, yeah. what's the difference between white chocolate and I hear okay. people say they either love white chocolate or they don't. I think I fall in the right. middle with white chocolate. Right, right. So white chocolate, some people say technically is not chocolate because it does not have mm -hmm. any of the uh, cacao in it. White chocolate is going to have cocoa butter in it and it's going to have some milk solids, some vanilla, something like that, some flavoring in it, but it does not have that uh, the cocoa solids in it. So that's why it looks white. If you're in a grocery store, you're probably going to have a hard time finding something that says white chocolate. If you're in the grocery aisle, it's probably going to say like white morsels or something like that, because technically it's not chocolate because it doesn't have the, uh, the cocoa solids in it. Now, with white chocolate, I can still temper it if it's a coverture chocolate, meaning it has its original cocoa butter in it. Mm -hmm. I can still temper it. I can still make candies with it. I can still flavor it. I can do some wonderful things with white chocolate. But yeah, that's mainly the, the difference between regular chocolate and white chocolate is the, uh, the cocoa solids. Wow, that's awesome to know. I'm learning. So I've seen this before with my mother making chocolate frosting. And it turned into mm -hmm. a lump of just like a rock. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she did, but I'm sure she wasn't using coverture chocolate. She was probably using right. chocolate chips or something she got out of the grocery store. But uh -huh. it just didn't perform the way she wanted to. And it, it really got hard and seized up. What makes that happen? Yeah. And how can we prevent that? Yeah. Is there something that we okay, can do so to undo that? Sure. So chocolate is an oil-based product and oil and water do not mix. So if you're melting the chocolate over a double boiler, you have to be very careful not to get any water or even steam into the chocolate. 
that will cause the chocolate to want to seize up, which means it gets to the point where you can't even stir it. And no matter how much heat you add to it, it's just not going to melt properly. You might be able to stir in some vegetable oil that might loosen it up. You could stir it in vigorously and then from there, set it aside, see if you can melt it again later. But yeah, you want to try to avoid water getting in there at all costs because there's a good possibility you won't be able to use it like you wanted to. Like if I was going to make, say, a candy or something like that, I couldn't use chocolate that's been seized. Now, with that being said, it's still usable. I could possibly chop it up and put it in chocolate chip cookies. I could put it into a liquid that, like say for chocolate ice cream, I could do that. I could melt it in with the cream. That's not a problem. But as far as getting it to melt for a candy, it's very likely you're going to be able to get it to melt again. So definitely avoid steam, avoid water getting into the chocolate. So I'm going to definitely need a plan. Uh, if my chocolate seizes up, I'm going to have to make some ice cream or some cookies or something else. Yeah. So that's good to know that we yeah. can save it and not mm -hmm. totally throw all our money out the window by replacing right. it. So it does have a second life. Well, right, that's right. great to know. Now tell me if I'm a chocoholic, is it mm -hmm. good for me? Am I eating chocolate in vain? I hope that it's <laughs> bringing something positive to my life other than tasting good. Yeah. Is it, is chocolate good for you at all? So chocolate, you know, chocolate can make you feel better. You know, chocolate puts a smile on everyone's face. So it does have a little cholesterol in it, but it's really not that much. It might be the, the same as a shot of espresso, but you'd have to eat quite a bit of chocolate to get any type of an effect from the caffeine that's in chocolate. Mm. So that's a caffeine. There's some cholesterol in chocolate. Again, you'd have to eat quite a bit before it does any damage. As far as chocolate being bad for you, the higher the chocolate, the less sugar that's in it. So that's, mm, there you, know, you go. take that in consideration, your sugar intake. So higher chocolate percentages are going to be a little healthier for you than say a, a semi-sweet chocolate. Right. So less calorie intake. Good. Right. Excellent. So now that I'm going to go buy all this chocolate and get to work in the kitchen and have some fun mm -hmm. with it, how should I store it? What's the best way to keep this chocolate, my investment intact? Right, right. So chocolate can be very finicky. Like we already said, it doesn't like moisture. So once your package is open, make sure that package is sealed extremely well, that no moisture is going to get in there. Even if moisture just gets into the package and settles on the product, you can have trouble melting it. That could cause you problems. Mm. So make sure it's sealed. No moisture gets to it. Keep it in a dark place, dark, cool place. I would not suggest storing it in the refrigerator. If you have a room that's around 65 degrees, that's ideal. Okay. Keep it on lower shelves, the higher shelves. It's going to be hotter in the room. Make sure you don't store it near your oven or anything like that. That can uh, cause the chocolate to uh, not last as long, really. So you want to keep it around that 65 degrees if you can. Sounds good. So that you're saying keep it in the bedroom where I keep the fan on and keep it nice and cool to sleep. I just keep my hey, if that's where you want to keep it, go ahead. <laughs> so no, that's great. It's good to have some ways to store chocolate. Now we hear yeah. about different chocolate things like ganache and truffle and all these words associated mm -hmm. with chocolate. What is chocolate ganache? Chocolate ganache. Chocolate ganache is wonderful. 
the simplest chocolate ganache that there is is just chocolate and heavy cream. Mm. The amount of chocolate to cream ratio depends on what you want to do with it. I can go to a like a 50% chocolate, 50% heavy cream, and I would bring my cream up to just almost to a boil and then pour it over chocolate that's been uh, chopped up small let it set for about a minute that will melt the chocolate and then i could stir it till it all comes together you don't see any streaks in it and that mm -hmm. is chocolate ganache now if i wanted to add more cream i could add enough cream to it that i could actually whip it to have chocolate whipped cream okay that could mm -hmm. happen but with that ganache i can do so many wonderful things i can take say coffee and when the the cream has boiled, put coffee into it and steep coffee and then strain it out and then add that to the chocolate. Now I have coffee flavored ganache. I could steep oh, tea yeah. bags. I could steep Earl Grey, chai tea, all kinds of wonderful flavors into the cream. I could replace some of that cream with say fruit puree and say raspberry puree. And I could have a raspberry ganache. So with the ganache, I can use that for the center of a candy. I could put a filling inside of a cake with a ganache. I could even pour ganache over a dessert. So and if I got it thin enough, I can even have, a, have it as a sauce. So yeah, ganache is very, very versatile in the bake shop. We use it quite a bit. Well, I know what I'm having for dessert today. It's going to be a healthy <laughs> dose of chocolate and oh, yeah. preferably with some ganache if I can find it. So truffles, mm -hmm. they're decadent, delicious. That's usually some type of ganache center in it. Right, right. Usually some type of ganache. Okay. A couple of different ways you can go about making ganache. If I was going to do it at home, I could take ganache and as it starts to cool, it's going to start to get a little firmer. So I could, if I had a very, very small scoop, I could just make scoops and then ball it in my hand, make a round ball. If I had a large round tip for a uh, piping bag, I could pipe small round balls. And once they set up, I could very easily just roll them in cocoa powder. And if I do that, it kind of looks like a real truffle that you would find in the woods. That's where they get their name from. But I could also take that same truffle and roll it in chocolate that's been tempered and then coat it with nuts, coconut, any, almost any type of surface decoration. I could add to it. So ganaches is one of those things that you're limited to your imagination of what you can make. What's been your biggest accomplishment with working with chocolate? My biggest accomplishment? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I've actually won some contests with chocolate sculptures nice. that I've done. That has been you know, a highlight for me. And uh, Duff Goldman from Ace of Cakes is the one who gave me my trophy. So getting to meet him and getting feedback from another professional on my work. That's been a highlight for me. You know, just teaching this class. I really enjoy teaching the Candies, Confections, and Showpieces class. It really allows me to get creative of what I can do with chocolate. So, uh, yeah, if you're ever in the area, just stop down sometime. And, you know, we might have some uh, chocolate sculptures in the window or something that you could check out. Especially on chocolate day. I've seen the class do their work and I've tasted it. It's always delicious. It's always extra decadent when I have it. I've seen the chocolate mm -hmm. boxes you guys have done 
and they look so professional and so clean that it's definitely a labor of love for a pastry enthusiast or a chocolatier to want to get engaged and involved with how chocolate works and using it. If someone wanted to pursue a career in chocolate, what would be their best first steps? If I was going to suggest a career in chocolate after taking this class, what I would suggest doing, I would probably try to do an apprenticeship at a chocolate shop, find a chocolatier. I can definitely suggest a few and really, really hone your skill. When you're a chocolatier, it, it's, it's really a high skill level job, but it is so rewarding. Nobody leaves a chocolate shop unhappy. Chocolate just brings a smile to everyone's face. And everybody loves to walk into a chocolate shop and smell the wonderful chocolate and the candy and everything. So, yeah, I would definitely suggest doing some type of apprenticeship at a chocolate shop. Maybe do even more than one apprentice. Go to one chocolate shop, do an apprentice there, then go to another one. Because every chef is going to do something a little bit different. So I would try to do as much as I can to get experience before going to opening your own chocolate shop, per se. But it definitely right. can be that, done. That's the best way sometimes is to really shadow a professional, oh, get yeah. to learn the tricks of the trade, see what they're mm -hmm. working with, see what their outcomes are, learn yeah. additionally as you continue to grow. That school is great. Mm -hmm. It's really a stepping stone for a career move, and it should be leading you into a career where you're continuing to learn. I learn things every day. I've been a chef for many years now, and I still continue to improve my knowledge base by learning from other chefs. And it's just great to be around them and see what's going on in their kitchens. Well, Chef David, any best practices you have for us to wrap up with? Best practices? Go out there and, and just try chocolate. Go to different chocolate shops. Try what they have. Support your chocolates here. You know, they need the love right now. And even if you want to go in and buy a couple pieces, you don't have to be up buy a big box. Just treat yourself and get a couple uh, pieces of chocolate and savor the chocolate. Let it melt in your mouth. Taste all the different wonderful flavors it has. If you ever get a chance, do a chocolate tasting if you're able to. Find out what a single origin chocolate is and see how it's different compared to, say, you know, chocolate you would buy at the grocery store. Okay, it's going to be much different and really develop your palate for chocolate because it's like wine, you know, wine is fine. But once you really start to understand it, then you really start to enjoy all the different flavors that chocolate and uh, that chocolate offers. So definitely do your research and uh, get out there and explore. That sounds like a great activity. Could you imagine a Friday night, get a couple friends together Everybody brings some different chocolate and just sit around and taste it. Amazing. Ah, and it pairs mm -hmm, with yeah. things, right? So you can pair chocolate with so many different things, whether it's fruit or bread oh, yeah. or cake or even savory, right? I've had a chocolate rubbed ribeye with cocoa mm -hmm. nibs and coffee grinds and all kinds of stuff yeah. on it that just blew the flavor out of the water. I was so surprised with how good chocolate can taste in a savory dish as well. And not just oh, yeah. as a sweet, but in oh, other yeah. dishes as well. So I think this has been yeah. a great conversation. I have a wonderful time visiting with you, Chef David, and I appreciate you coming on to At Your Service, where we're going to do this again. And we'll okay. meet and talk to some other special guests that are going to come in and share their knowledge about 
Culinary and Hospitality and what we're doing here in the Center for Hospitality and Culinary Studies. So I really appreciate you taking out the time to spend some time with me and talk about one of my favorite things, chocolate. And I actually have chocolate right here. Yeah. It's a milk chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to indulge in this because I can't talk about it without wanting to eat in it. So I'm going to definitely take a taste of the chocolate and savor the moment with a cup of coffee and just unwind for the rest of the afternoon while I'm working. So yeah. be sure to join us again for At Your Service. This has been a great time. Again, thank you, Chef Milburn. I appreciate well, you, you taking the time to spend with us. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I'm Chef Tim Banks. Welcome to At Your Service. Hey, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us for our time today at At Your Service. It's been great talking with Chef Milburn about chocolate. We've learned some new words, some new vocabulary, and some new methods. So talking about tempering chocolate, understanding that temperature zone that you need to be in, about snap and the glossy sheen that you want to look for when you're preparing chocolate, the fascinating flavors you can add to chocolate ganache, tea, coffee, fruit like raspberries or peaches or apricots. All those are great enhancements to chocolate. So thank you all for joining us at, at your service. And our next episode, we'll be exploring some more food and hospitality news to bring to you right from the Center for Hospitality and Culinary Studies. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.